Brandon Belt brought stability to the first base position for a long time, but now he's gone. He's on the Toronto Blue Jays, and the jobs is Lamont Wade Jr.'s, at least in the platoon, and we got some righties as well in that platoon. Can they handle it? Are the Giants going to be all right at first base? We'll discuss it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, I'm kind of going to copy a lot of what the other reporters are talking about about right now, and that's basically Lamont Wade Jr. But uh, and I mean, the way this works is like during spring, you know, when certain players are interviewed and a lot of quotes come out, that becomes the story for the day. And so I'm kind of uh, following in the footsteps of some others here. But I wanted to give my unique possibly unique take on this. And basically, my take is that the Giants have had Brandon Belt as the guy at first base for over a decade. He he first debuted in 2011. And here we are in 2023. And it's really the first time that we're going into a season and not viewing Brandon Belt as that guy who's going to be the primary first baseman. And so Lamont Wade Jr. is just a really interesting player in that, you know, they traded for him, they got him for like, not much. Sean Anderson in a trade with the Twins, the Giants did, uh, following the 2020 season. He shows up in 2021 and he just had this kind of spectacular season with the Giants in which he became, you know, a, a cult hero here, late night Lamont for his extremely clutch hitting. He just, time after time after time, I think he had six or more hits in the ninth inning or later that he either tied the game or gave the Giants the lead or won the game. So, just unbelievably clutch. But then as good as 2021 was, 2022 was basically that bad where, you know, a lot of it was health related. I remember I was watching this game in spring training last year against the Brewers when he was rounding the bases and he just kind of blew out his knee. And it was kind of the beginning of the end of his whole season. It was just a lot of uh, injections into the knee, like artificial lubricant. I don't I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. But you know, he just never was right. And in fact, it's interesting. That's what I'm saying with these quotes coming out uh, kind of adds context. Wade is basically saying that it was more than just a bone bruise, which is what they kind of initially said. It's another example that kind of gets under my skin a little bit with the team not being uh, forthcoming with medical information. And so it it can really paint your evaluations of a player knowing that they have something more serious going on. But Anyway, Wade was just never the same guy. But part of what was interesting, he said that like his stance had to change. And I'm thinking about Wade in 2022. He was he was very upright at the plate, whereas in 2021, he was a little more crouched down. And he said that he likes to be into his legs in his swing and drive through his legs, but he couldn't really do that. And so he was kind of just using the upper body to take a swing in 2022. But, you know, fast forward to 2023 now and Apparently, but I never trust it because like I'm saying, they're not always forthcoming with exactly what players are dealing with. 
But from what we've heard, he's just doing great and the knee is not a problem anymore and that he had a great offseason physically and that he comes into camp fully ready to go. And so that's, you know, it changes my perspective thinking, okay, he was just hurt all of last year and he wasn't hurt in 2021. And so there's not much that he did in 2021 that looked like total flukish performance. And I actually just went back and watched some of his 2021 highlights. And what really stood out to me is that this guy has legitimate power. He wasn't just someone who kind of seemingly was helped by the juiced baseball or so, you know, we speculate that there may have been, you know, changes with the baseball and that last year it went back to being more of a dead ball that was harder to hit out of the ballpark, which is just true. I mean, if you look at the trends, there was these spike in home runs, you know, late in the 2010s and then into 2020 and 2021, I guess. But then last year it really went down. But if you just watch some of the home runs that he hit in 2021, they're no cheapies. Like he really, really has power. And that was, I'm just remembering, that was so much of the narrative going into the 2021 season after they had acquired Wade was Kenny hit for power because we all thought, that there was kind of a floor of on base. He had these great on base skills in the minors. And uh, even in the major leagues, he had, you know, in his rookie season, he put up a 348 on base percentage uh, despite a 196 average. That's an incredible gap. I mean, it was only 26 games, but his walk rate was 16%. Uh, league average is around like 8% or 7 even. Uh, and then you know, the next year he had a 9.1% walk rate. So his, his time in Minnesota, he had a 336 on base, but he didn't hit for much power. But then he came to the Giants last year and the power showed up in a big way because he underwent some swing changes, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if he can get back to being somewhat of that guy, there's he is limited in that he looks like kind of a pure platoon player. I don't have his minor league splits pulled up, but in his major league career, get this, he's faced... Uh, He's had 89 plate appearances against left-handed pitching, and he's got eight hits. <laughs> That's a 103 batting average. He has a 184 on base percentage, and he has a uh, 128 slugging. It's a weighted runs created plus of negative seven. 100 is league average, so he's 107 points below <laughs> league average offensively against lefties. It is a tiny sample. You know, you hit a couple homers, and these numbers skyrocket. Uh, so I'm not saying he will always be 107 points below average, but that is what he has been in his major league career. And so the Giants platoon him. He doesn't face a lot of lefties. And so I'm not saying he's a star player, but can he be a good platoon player? And can he play first base defensively? I mean, that's kind of the big question. But the defensive metrics kind of suggest yes. And also he played uh, quite a bit of first in 2021 when Brandon Belt went down with an injury which was obviously a theme for Belt in the last few years. And he did a nice job defensively. And so, honestly, my hearing about these knee issues and kind of hearing that it's supposedly better has me looking forward to Lamont Wade Jr. being that platoon partner at first base uh, and that he can do a good job. Just uh, He was in a platoon in 2021. You might be like, oh, platoon, I don't like platoons. But that's what was happening in 2021 when he made such an impact. He was a platoon player, and he made that much of an impact. So coming up in just a minute, how does he look against righties? And how does he fit defensively at first base? And who's going to pair with him on the other side of the platoon? We'll get into all of those uh, concerns in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. 
We just got through the holidays, and I know one of my personal goals is always to eat a little bit healthier, and Built makes that possible because you do not have to sacrifice taste, and that's the biggest thing. Sometimes I don't, I want to eat healthy, but I just, a salad isn't going to cut it right now. And this is when I turned to Built Bar, got unbelievable flavors, and yet unbelievably healthy macros in a typical bar, just about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get, to get a box either. You can go to your nearest Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Or you can go to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Mm, you can thank me later. All right, here we go. We are going to continue looking at the first base position. It is something that, like, admittedly, I was kind of skewed by 2022, like, kind of viewing 2021 as an outlier and then thinking 2022 was maybe more Wade coming down to earth. But if we factor in that he just had, I mean, if you have bad knees, it's hard to hit at the major league level. It's hard to hit off a tee, let alone at the major league level. And so, you know, let's just look at his two years combined in San Francisco, above average offensively. We're talking a 107 weighted runs created plus and mostly doing his damage with power as opposed to on base, the on base at just 318 overall, but actually the underlying metrics even last year, like the expected numbers were better than the actual results. But really what, what stood out to me was the stance thing, him mentioning that he couldn't squat down in his stance. He had to stand really vertical and I noticed that and I thought it was like by design, they were trying to change his swing to be that way but it was really he had to do it because his knees were not agreeing with him and the fact that he's saying now he's back to being able to squat down in his stance makes me optimistic about his chances going into 2023 and I'm I'm also kind of influenced by the fact that the team believes that he can get back to being what he was more so in 2021 like the fact that they're putting so much belief in him by kind of giving him this job suggest to me that they have a reason for believing in that because there's a lot riding on everybody's you know the front office has a lot riding on Lamont Wade Jr. and they don't want to put a guy out there who's likely to fail uh, because it's going to reflect poorly on them and so the fact that they believe in him gives me even more belief that he can get back because they obviously have the inside information they know about the health issues they know if he's doing better and they can factor that into their kind of projections for the player and so I don't know. I just find all that really interesting. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So we mentioned that Wade is kind of a platoon player and that the numbers against left-handed pitching are some of the worst I've ever seen. But what has he done against right-handed pitching in his career? And I'm just going to use this opportunity to mention the usual point that I like to make, which is that we don't look at single season platoon splits on this show. I didn't even like looking at Wade's career numbers against lefties because it's such a small sample. But if we start looking at, you know, in 2022, he was better against lefties than he was against righties. And then thinking that there's meaning to that, there really isn't. It's it's too small of a sample. And so we're always combining like career numbers when we're looking at platoon splits. And so for Wade, I'm not even, I don't care. What did he do last year versus what did he do the year before? I'm just looking at the whole thing. Although with an injury, that might influence how you want to look at it. But 
in his major league career, which included a couple years with the Twins, again, he has hit 249. And I'm going to continue to reiterate this as well, that league average, batting average right now is about 240. So 249 is not bad at all. Uh, but the on-base is significantly better than average at 339, thanks to a walk rate in its career against righties of 10.5%. And then the slugging is 461. And we also like to look at the difference between the slugging and the batting average, because slugging can kind of move up and down with batting average. Uh, a high batting average will just like necessarily mean a higher slugging, but it doesn't actually tell us about power per se. But the difference between slugging and average does. And for Wade, that number, which we call the ISO, isolated power, is 212, which is significantly better than average. So, you know, better than average power, better than average on base is a nice offensive package. And that's why this weighted runs created plus where 100 is league average offense, Wade in his career against righties is at 119. So about, you know, 19% above average offensively is the production when he's facing a right-handed pitcher. And so that's nice. Defensively, this is probably, I mean, if we just kind of concede, Wade can probably hit righties, probably not lefties so much, and the health is better. So hopefully he'll be back more so to 2021 versus what we saw in 2022. But what about the defense? This is kind of where I had my main questions. What's interesting is this is a good example of the eye test not always matching up with the metrics uh, is that I personally was really impressed with what I saw defensively out of Wade in 2021 when he filled in for Brandon Belt. They didn't really miss a beat. He did a great job. I thought he did a good job defensively and he continued to hit. And by defensive run saved, though, the number here is minus two defensive run saved in 2021. Last year, I kind of don't remember Wade at first nothing stands out. Like I don't remember him making a super negative impact or a super positive impact, but, but more so I remember him making a positive impact in 2021 yet by defensive run saved last year, he was at plus two versus minus two in 2021 uh, with the twins. He spent, you know, 37 innings at first base. And so overall his career defensive run saved at first is zero, which is average. And so that's fine. You don't have to be always elite. If you're just providing adequate defense, that's okay. Uh, how about outs above average? Because I like to look at multiple defensive metrics because none of them are perfect and it's kind of good to look at them all to get an idea to see if they agree or not. And they generally kind of agree where his two years with the Twins, he was zero outs above average at first. So again, mediocre average. Uh, and then in 2021 with the Giants, when I'm saying I thought he did a good job, and I think anyone who watched a lot of the 2021 season and saw Wade at first would say he did a good job there but by outs above average he was at zero and then last year at plus two so again just like defensive run saved it's saying he was actually better last year than he was in 2021 at first base so in his career we're talking zero defensive run saved at first and plus two outs above average and yeah, so I mean, I see no reason based on these numbers, which is limited. You know, it's only 382 innings in his career at this position. He did play there in college, but I see that he should probably be able to be a decent, at least first baseman and possibly a little better than that. He's got a good arm, a uh, good accurate arm, which is something I noticed in 2021. Uh, I think we just need to see more, but the Giants believe he can be at least passable there. And by passable, I don't mean bad. I mean like adequate, average, decent, and, you know, 
major league athletes are talented. And so to be an average major league first baseman is nothing to really complain about from my perspective, especially if he can hit, which he did in 2021 and not so much in 2022. But then the question becomes, who do you pair with him? And this is why my whole episode yesterday, or at least the title and the, you know, thumbnail was about these questions that are getting asked all the time about the redundancy of David VR, JD Davis and Wilmer Flores. And my kind of counter response to that was that they're not really redundant because each of them has a clear role. And if you take one of them out of the roster, then there's a there's a clear hole left by removing one of them. And so I don't really view that as a quote unquote redundancy. They may have some similarities, but right now David VR projects as the starting third baseman kind of rain or shine uh, lefty or righty. They want to give him a look there. And then you've got Wade as a platoon guy. We saw the number negative seven weighted runs created plus one of the worst I've ever seen. It is a small sample, but he just has not hit lefties. You've got him at first. So you need a platoon partner there. And then you've got Jock Peterson, who historically has huge platoon splits himself, uh, much worse against lefties, very poor offensively against lefties, but very good against righties. And so you need a platoon partner for Peterson and you need one for Wade. And, you know, there and like I said, VR's already accounted for at third. And so there's where J.D. Davis and Wilmer Flores come in. And so those two, J.D. Davis and Wilmer Flores, are the guys we're going to talk about in just a minute. What are their numbers against lefties and even overall? And how do they look defensively at first base in their career? So we'll get into that in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by... FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. I'm currently looking at the Warriors' upcoming game. They are underdogs on the road and I don't know. It's just always a lot of fun. Also, the championship odds I mentioned yesterday, Warriors at just 5%, which matches up with what uh, 538.com has their championship odds at. And so, I don't know, maybe if that moves a little bit one way or the other, you can compare it to some of these websites and where they have uh, the Warriors, the implied odds being at 5% on FanDuel. So it's just something to monitor. And FanDuel also lets you combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, here we go. We're going to discuss the other side of the platoon because... That's the thing. And I know like some people act like anytime I say platoon, I'm saying a bad word. But keep in mind when so much uh, I, I mentioned this in reply to a comment on the YouTube channel yesterday, but someone was, I think, complaining about platoons. They may have just been pointing out that the Giants platoon a lot, but it seemed to me like kind of a complaint. And I just pointed out, guess who has the third most runs scored in the National League since Gabe Kapler became the manager of the Giants? And it's not all coming from 2021. They were up there in 2020, and a lot of people were saying, this is just a small sample fluke and it won't last into a season. And then they were they followed it up with like just as good offense in 2021. Last year took a step back, but we're still above average at scoring runs. And so 
I think a lot of people think of the Giants as a bad offensive team, but I also just think that's a you know incorrect. And they have the third. Only the Dodgers and Braves have more runs scored in the National League since 2020, when when this new coaching staff came in. And you know, I'm just reminded, like 2022, it just kind of set our minds in a different place versus what 2020 and 2021 did, when they were just so much better than people thought offensively. And, you know, we gave so much credit to the hitting coaches, Donnie Ecker, Justin Veely, Dustin Lind. And I'm not ready to just, I know Ecker is gone, but just say, okay, well, now they just aren't that good anymore. I think that last year, a lot of stuff went wrong. You can point to health for some guys like potentially Lamont Wade Jr. and on and on. But the platoons have been a big part of what they've done the whole time. And they've been, I mean, they much outperformed almost everyone listening to me saying this right now, anybody's expectations in 2020 and 2021. And a lot of that was offensively. I think a lot of people thought they were going to be horrible offensively, and they ended up being just absolute forces offensively in those two years. Set a franchise record for home runs in 2021. And a lot of it is it comes from platoons. And so, like I said, all the success of, of Lamont Wade Jr. in 2021, it was in a platoon. All the success of Jock Peterson last year, it was in a platoon. And, you know, on and on. You, you can't do it at every position. I keep, I need to hammer this point home too, is that if you platoon at every spot, there's nine guys in the lineup, including the DH, that would be 18 hitters. And you can only have like 13, basically. And so there's multiple spots that will not be platooned, but the ones that will be platooned will be platooned. And it's fine. And it leads to a lot of runs. Uh, versus if you just let Wade play every day, you're going to score a lot less runs over the course of a season. So anyway, just briefly wanted to mention J.D. Davis in his career has a 120 weighted runs created plus against left-handed pitching, 352 on base, 440 slugging. Uh, against right-handed pitching, I mean, he's a guy who is kind of a nice backup like if Wade got hurt or something, J.D. Davis can hit lefties and righties. And so he's a guy who wouldn't really have to be platooned. His career uh, you know, numbers against righties are almost identical to his career numbers against lefties. So just a nice offensive player to have. But there are some questions defensively, and we'll get to those in a second. Wilmer Flores in his career against left-handed pitching, a 115 weighted runs created plus. Again, 100 is average, so 15 percentage points above league average offensively. Does it with a lot of power. But for Flores, in his career, he's actually been a tick below average offensively against right-handed pitching. So he, I think they probably want to expose him a little bit less in 2023, and I would expect him to be the platoon partner either at first or at DH. And whereas if, you know, Peterson or Wade go down, I think J.D. Davis might become an everyday player because he can really hit both, maybe the everyday DH, uh, because his defense doesn't grade out well really anywhere. So now we're going to look at defensively. How do these guys handle first? Well, J.D. Davis has played only 200 innings at first base. And in his career, he's got negative two defensive runs saved there and plus one out above average. And so I, you know, looking at this, I believe he could be a decent first baseman. He has been a pretty negative defender at third base in his career where he spent the vast majority of his playing time. Actually, he's played left a lot more than he's played first even. So I would expect him to get more exposure to first with the Giants, but this makes me kind of believe, given he's only played there a little bit, that maybe Wilmer Flores will be the guy who would be that platoon partner at first. Flores has played 1,627 and a third innings at first base in his career, and get this, plus three defensive runs saved, 
plus five outs above average. And so right there, I'm convinced it's probably on game two of the season. Carlos Rodon on the mound for the Yankees, a lefty, a very dangerous left-handed pitcher, strikeout machine. You're not going to put Wade in there. You're not going to put Peterson in there. That would just be dumb, frankly. And so if everybody's healthy, I would expect Davis is DHing against that lefty and Wilmer Flores is at first base. And again, I don't see a redundancy here and you've the pieces fit together pretty nicely, actually, when we're talking about first base specifically, but also now kind of branching out, looking at DH and looking at third base where David VR has that opportunity. It's not for sure going to go well for VR. And if he struggles, then it moves people around. And we've discussed that at length. But today was about first base. And I think a platoon of Wade and Flores has the potential to be really solid. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. He just recently talked about the Giants, and so check that out. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot, so thank you in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.